second i gotta actually breathe this is i've been gaining more and more weight so i'm just getting out of shape like worse and worse i know it's a terrible Can't do time. It, Gene. it's a terrible time to get out you of gotta shape make right it now. How, what episode number is this <sighs> this is 16 i think or 17 <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit triple digits you gotta, I know, I gotta carry yourself I gotta, man yeah i gotta get you those, those higher ones you do have an audience right i do have an okay. audience no, yes. just yeah no i uh Nobody can see this, but my room is very poorly lit. Surrounded by people. It's surrounded by people. Uh, they're all dressed in suits, and we're all they're all just Hello, we're poking and prodding Brent right now. Yeah, you guys, you guys on Instagram? <laughs> don't don't be uh, confused by their giant beady eyes, though. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Gene DeWeber. This is a podcast. This is Obsessive Comic Disorder. Uh, my guest today is Brent Lowry. Hey. You can see him all around Portland and other cities as well because he's been doing this for a little bit. He's a, per, he's a would you say professional or semi-professional? Or? I would say exactly what you started with, a per. A per he's I'm a like, per. He's a per. Yeah. A, I would think about it. I think yeah. he's probably trying to get the other letters, but he's right now he's just got the P and the R. So. I like the, the PR. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of good P and R. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I stacked up unemployment and I can technically do this full time. So I'm yeah. just locked in on this. But professional would be, I don't know. I showed up at 1.30, so I'm a professional. In there the you go. Yeah, and I didn't see the message until like one thirty-five. That's so. all right, and I'm patient. So yeah, I can it's wait just hanging outside. out. Um, <laughs> I finished my homework. I did my. I read my yeah. first and my. I was gonna say You're like, last. and last. No, I enjoyed yeah. it. I wrote my first ever graphic novel. Nice yeah. Chrononauts. Chrononauts. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. It's. Uh, I'm excited to to talk to you about this comic. Sure. Yeah, just in general. And I guess we should just mention this. This is. Maybe like our our third ever conversation. It is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So this should yeah. be a little bit of a get to know you, get right? To, get to know you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Hi there, Brent Lowry. Hey, hi. Hi, Gene DeWeber. Nice, nice to meet you. Fellow bald man. Fellow bald man. Nice beard. No, thank you. you. Yours is a little nicer, honestly. I have this uh, bald spot right in the middle of my, uh, like right in the middle of it up here. <laughs> Even your beard has a bald yeah. spot. <laughs> my oh. beard has a bald spot. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of it, it as- never I'm, ends. I'm super anti-Nazi though, because like I have the reverse Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, okay, I was just like, there was like a. I'm trying to do what that would nine. sound like. I'm trying to, in my head, do what Hitler backwards is, but what. Kyle C. Adolf probably works. Kyle C. <laughs> Kyle C. <laughs> oh, I know. See, I don't know. I don't Flota, know. The Flota, Flota, the Flota, the Adolf backwards. The Flota. I don't know. That's silly. It's, well, you know, the we reverse like to be silly Hitler. on here. I we like, like to be si- I silly. I dressed on this. as, well, not my. You dressed as uh, reverse Hitler? No, I was no. going to tell a story about what I did in college, but then I remember that you can get canceled for just telling embarrassing stories right? on podcasts. <laughs> so I definitely did not have any connection to what you said about yeah. the reverse Hitler. No, no. Welcome He's... to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe in the future, the Nazis will take over and then you'll be canceled for being against Nazi. Who knows? 
This is this is the <laughs> That's I, something I'm willing to risk. That is something you should definitely be willing to risk. Uh especially as a fellow bald man. We uh we need to separate as far as possible. Yeah. If we started this with baldness and Nazis, we should probably switch topics hard. We should. Uh so white supremacy. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh Bad, bad. Bad. They're very bad. We're very anti-white supremacy. I like to cover myself up as much as possible so that my whiteness is barely visible. Dude, that's why I spent all summer in the sun. I mean, that's not why. Yeah. I'm, I, you can you just say it is. I, say it's why. I'm very... September and August, the last two years, is the first time I've been mistaken as mixed race. So, mm. uh, you know, keep there going you go. to the tanning salon. There you no, go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 Oregon, so like you're you gotta you gotta get out the like the right ten minutes to get that nice tan. So <sighs> ten to two is what I was always to told two. in San yeah. Diego. Those are the good hours. Ten so to if two. The sun's out there from ten to two. There you go. After that, it gets a little like apparently the ozone mm. is less protective after two to like so that sunset when it's coming from a different angle, you're less protected. Mm. But I don't know shit. Interesting. I don't know shit. Welcome. So, so ten and two, it's uh, it's a good. Canyon advice and driving. Yep. Yeah. I Double think they're invented by the same guy. Sounds like we have a conspiracy going on. That's uh, that's what I'm hearing here. Sure. And uh, or, uh, big big tens and two. Uh, we got to get get rid of the big ten and two. Ten is one number higher than nine, and yeah. two is one number higher than one, which two of is one one. So nine eleven. Nine. I think oh, yeah. Ten, I think yeah. the same guy was behind. Which that is too. all all brings it back to. Uh, uh, lizard Hitler, Lizard Hitler. He's a uh, you know. If we got, if we have to get to him on three different <laughs> trains, I might, I might have to leave. <laughs> as the ball, as a fellow yeah, bald man, no. this is yeah. Let's 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 pretend that we just didn't have this conversation right here lizard, and just go straight yes. to the comic right now. Chrono knots. Chrono knots. Yeah. So you were, you uh, said that you like time travel storylines. Yeah. Yeah. So I chose this. What did you, what do you think about Chrononauts? Chrononauts was cool. It was like a uh felt like a bro yeah. comic, like these two handsome ladies men mm. saving each other. It was very corny and, oh, absolutely. I, and I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh and I liked how they could kind of like make you it felt like a a movie cuz I liked my favorite stuff was in the beginning when they flashed from like Random people watching it on TV, mm-hmm. uh, like nuns watching something. <laughs> and then there was like an old woman. My favorite scene was this old woman holding up a black guy. Oh, yeah. Circle K. And they were looking. And I was like, oh, that's a progressive robbery. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, it, they played it out like a movie. It was fun. And then I when they when it got a little more complicated they, they mm-hmm. flipped and i got a little lost on certain parts yeah yeah like i didn't know where they found that that other suit because i was like 46 i tried to do in the math and then i was like fuck this maybe gene can explain it <laughs> but uh you know it's the best and the worst graphic novel i've ever read it's true yeah first first and uh possibly last <laughs> i would do it really... i appreciate the format of it yeah, it was so a... quick to read i like think you know i'm looking at these thick books in your, in yeah. your shelf and uh a lot of these are bigger yeah even yeah. the big ones like that's like a one day if you get yeah. locked in oh you absolutely know? you could well i mean that's not even just like most of these are less than one day you could read probably like an entire run of something in one day if you did it right so why when you i see some of these are still wrapped is that just ones that you haven't got to yet they're either ones i haven't gone to or i bought i read them before 
and I just like I like the deluxe editions, and I was like, I'll, I'll read them eventually. You know, I've I've probably read at this point probably about sixty percent of what I own, so I just have a lot of excess. And how many do you read? Like, how often do you read these? Just per guest, I guess. Um, I would say every time you have a podcast. Guest? Every well, every time I have a podcast guest, but I also just read pretty daily. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like, what uh, I, mean, I think. You, to be a good comedian, you have to read. A little bit because yeah. you got to have different inputs and like you got to, you don't yeah. have to read the news if you're not into that. But I feel like just reading books helps me. Yeah. I'll find different words come out that I'm like, oh, I picked that up from some book that I was reading. Hmm. I don't know. I, it keeps my inputs fresh. Well, yeah. And for me, it helps me just keep my nerdiness fresh. So, yeah, my, my nerdy inputs. I'm going to tell jokes about time travel now. There you go. You should. Thanks, thanks to this show. Thanks to this show, Obsessive Comic Disorder, we help people come up with bits. It's uh, it's not it's not coined or trademarked yet, but I could if I really wanted to. Have you got some bits out of the show? That's what I would love out of a podcast. Yeah, I want to start one. Yeah. I don't want to hijack um, it about my invisible podcast. No, it's fine. It's podcasting's fine. cool. So I like I've been a guest on a few recently. You have a beautiful setup. Thank you. It's very homey, but it's like, you know, it's all you need. Yeah. Um, looks simple. You could like bring it out and to somebody else, I guess, if you needed to. But uh, have you yeah. have you been enjoying the sixteen episode process so far? I have. Uh, it's it's nice. Well, because I when I first started, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with this. Right. I was like, Am I? Is it going to be strictly comics? Is it going to be a little bit of comics and a lot of whatever? Is it like what is it going to be? Because the nice thing about the word obsessive comic disorder is I could easily switch it from cock and mouth comedy or comic books to comic comedy because comics, you know, it is, it's, that's it's true. A, it's it, a double enchantment. Or if you made it comics, talk comics, then it would have to be that, that yeah. like ex, it kind of limits your thing. Whereas exactly this, you could have a random person on who doesn't do comedies talk about comics. Yeah. And vice versa. You could Precisely. have some guy talking about comedy who doesn't really care about comics Hi, I'm Brent Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I love comic books, so that's why I have that's why I have this podcast specifically. Right. But yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah. so what, my what podcast some... was going to be about hobbies. Where okay, it was gonna, I want, I'm thinking about calling it hobby comics, where I just nice I like either that. ask comics who have hobbies about it or comics who don't have them. Maybe like we try a hobby, like we go bowling or something. I don't yeah. know. It, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's not a bad idea. I like that. Or like the, yeah, like that you, you learn about their hobbies. Right. Too. So yours would be comics. Right. Yeah. So how long have you been in the game? Oh, do you mind if your guest starts asking you questions? You're not Is the first one weird? to do this. You're not the first one. Uh, Bjorn did this a little bit. Yeah, um, but he's, you know, he's, he's a control he's freak. He I is. don't need to be Bjorn. I don't want, I, I mean, love the guy, but I don't want Bjorn. Like, are you asking when I first got into comic books or like, you know what? Just, like, what do you mean? Like, it, cause if it's your passion, like, yeah. And mine is more comedy than comics. Comics. It's fair. It's fair. Do yours, is yours pretty split? Like, do you love them both? I love them both. And equally, so, you know, I, you know, it depends. I think it's, it fluctuates. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like having two kids. Sometimes you like one kid better than the other. You don't admit it. Yeah. But you do. I think other passions are important. Yeah. I think it's important to, to really fully have a versatile, uh, just life because like, well, for, first of all, 
if you don't have something in your life to do, what are you going to talk about on stage? Sure. Just like, like inside baseball shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Eventually That's... it just gets really old. Right. And you're just going to be talking about the same. Th- I'm, I'm, I, so I grew up religious and I have a lot of religious jokes right now. And I'm realizing even those are too inside baseball for some people because they didn't grow up religious. So I'm trying to find more. So it's like a good idea to have. Sure. It's really hard to find something that relates to 100% of people. Oh, so absolutely. I think religion is at least close enough and fairly universal in yeah. regards to, you know, comics or certain things. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the more universal topics, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, but even then, there's certain things that are more generalized, and then there's other things that are just like people are like, I knew, I know a shit ton of stuff from the, about the Bible that a lot of people don't. And I don't, I don't, I'm more, more realizing I do because, you know, I'll talk about something and people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what's, what is this? What is, like, they don't laugh because they don't get the reference. There 100% is a graphic Bible, correct? Like a graphic oh, there's Bible, multiple. Bible? There's multiple. Have yeah. you, do you own one? I don't because I'm not religious anymore, so. The way Dan Weber talks about the Bible, he pitches it. He makes you imagine it like it is a graphic novel. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh yeah. this isn't real. And that's his whole point subtextually. But absolutely. Uh, I think you got to know your shit to decide what you think about it, which is why like, I don't mm-hmm. really know that much about the Bible. But yeah, I don't even know how I really feel about religion. So it's it's interesting because it's something in my past. But I think the thing is, is like I'm not passionate. I'm more passionate about the idea of like showing the faults of religion. You know, like showing people why, like what, because I was, I was Christian. Is that for, why you brought me here? This is, yeah, I'm trying to deconvert you from any possibility sure. of religion. That's believe, what it is. Yeah. This, I believe in chrononauts. Chrononauts. So chrononauts, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I have a new structure I've been actually thinking about doing here because this is technically, the, the comic book side is essentially like a review of the comic a little right. bit and what we thought about it. So as far as, so you said the writing is very, yeah, it's very cheesy. Um, the, yeah, I it's well done. It is like but, a Cartoon Network type. Or like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, so I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Kick Ass or the film. Right. I saw that the author is the same. Same guy did author. that. He also did Kingsman, uh, which they've done a couple movies of that. Don't know those. Oh, they're pretty fun. They're like James Bond. They're like really fun. Are they corny as fuck? They're pretty cheesy, but they're fun. Okay. They're they're silly, but they're not like. Is the know. guy who played McLovin in Kick-Ass, is that true? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I got to watch it. I yeah. like that guy. Yeah. Christopher Mintz-Plass, is that Christopher his Christopher Mintz-Plass. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen Kick-Ass. It's I been know. around for like 11 years now. I'm not a movie guy. I'm not a... I, I, I suck, man. I suck. <laughs> Gee, so that's what I came here to say. This is interesting. This is interesting because like you're you're like the uh, you're like the uh, the foil for, for what I like. You, I really like this really nerdy shit and you're like other things well but i'm not gonna like be like you fucking nerd i want to come to your world i mean i've I, yeah don't, don't worry i've been known to do that in the right if it's funny oh absolutely i didn't come to your podcast yeah. to call you a nerd <laughs> <laughs> look we're both bald men with beards yeah. in a bit yeah, we're yeah. just uh but we have we have we have a middle ground somewhere here in That's terms of movies in terms and of, imagination yeah. and and like i've kind of got lost in reality in the last okay. like 10 to 12 years uh and that's probably not 100 percent true because i'm like probably addicted to my cell phone and yeah. social media is not reality and stuff like that but okay 
I have a hard time, at least ever since I got back into comedy, watching anything on Netflix or mm-hmm. sitting for a full movie. I can sit for a full hour long comedy special, yeah. but um, books are pretty nonfiction about what's mm-hmm. going on, trying to get a grip on like certain things that are happening, yeah, either yeah, politically yeah. or like socially. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always parallels from these graphic novels and movies. Like that's what they're about. They're about like they have real yeah. world parallels, and so. I appreciate hearing about what you took out of the book. So, like, did you, is there a certain part of this time travel era that they went to that, like, appealed most to you? Um, For me? Look, there I go asking fucking questions right? again. Right? I didn't so mean let to me, do that. Let me turn it around on you. Yeah, Was please there, do. Let me, just, let me just pretend that I asked you that question you just asked me. What, is there a specific period of time during this in the comic that really, like, appeals to you? I don't want to go too ancient. Like, I would want to go somewhere where I could still... It would be within America's history. So, probably when they went to... When they had, like, a Gatsby-like... Yeah. So, it was 1920s or something. 1920s, yeah. That's probably where I would go. The flappers and stuff like that, yeah. You know what's crazy is... There's so many parallels to the Prohibition era or right pre-Prohibition era right now Mm -hmm. that... um, the idea of wanting to go there is almost silly because you're like, we're here, man. We're yeah, yeah. we're doing everything from the disease to, you know, being told we can't go into this or any like the idea of a place that people aren't required to wear masks seems like it would be something you would have to like knock on a door for. Yeah, tell them a password. Yeah, or go to Salt Lake City or, or anywhere yeah. and that's not <laughs> Oregon and anywhere east or south of that, honestly. Yeah, well, that's so that, that gives it a little bit more of a interesting uh, diversion from that then because the fact is that Salt Lake City has always, for the most part, been anti-alcohol. True. Whereas, yeah. like, if anything, they're more, you know, anti-prohibition. I joke they don't even wear condoms because they, at that place, just everybody has four kids. <laughs> yeah, my family. Uh, I have a fa- I have a big family, and they they they're not Mormon, but they they might as well be with how many kids they have. Like it's and like, they live out there. No. Oh, okay. No, but a couple of them are moving out out to Tennessee because they are tired of how liberal it is over here. Mm. So yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they probably don't even identify as hardcore conservative, do they? No, although I'll be honest, after after the whole last year, they feel they're they feel like they're just getting information from Q, basically from the QAnon shit. Oh well, yeah, yeah. We won't miss them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like it's funny. I said the I said QAnon to my sister. She's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, that makes it worse. The fact that you have this, in, you're spreading this information. And you're saying you're getting doing your research, and yet this is where you're getting your like this is you don't even know what you're getting your information from. You're just you're just like going out in the ether. You're looking up. You're just like you're just like it's like you just like put your hand out, didn't look what it was in the grocery store, grab something. You're like, okay, I normally don't get almond milk, but you know what? Almond milk says it's healthy. I sure. might as well try that. You and know, they shove it in their bodies, and then they shove it in their bodies, and then you find out that mm. that specific almond milk is actually ninety percent arsenic, and then now they're dead. And that was your sister? Man, I mean, might as well be. <laughs> she's still alive, but you know what I mean. Like, she's just like slowly. She's also like, it's interesting because she really falls into big a category. Fan, big fan of the show? She doesn't listen to it, I don't okay. think. So even if she does, you know what? Uh, it's fine. We've talked about things we don't agree on a lot. And, sure. And, uh, you know, this is this is, this is uh, this is both obsessive comic disorder and Gene just uh, tears down on his siblings' uh, show, apparently. 
The, well, this hey, episode, it's, hey, it's, I'm like, here for it's it. like Nightline right now. You know, this is a very special episode. <laughs> All it took was like three questions. All it took was three I'm questions. done asking questions. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chrononauts. Chrononauts. <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff. This is it's good like stuff. It's like my safe word. I'll ask a question, we yeah. go down a rabbit hole, and then when I'm ready to pull out, I say <laughs> Chrononauts. <laughs> So, so let's let's go okay so so writing so um so as far as the artwork goes what what did you think about the art as far as um you know i thought it's crazy that they would it, they got they drew so many different eras yeah and like some of them they drew a massive city mm-hmm. and like a giant battle scene so there were certain things where you're like oh they're better at just drawing a nurse and a whole scene in it yeah Okay. Than they are at a whole battle. Like there was certain where they're like, "Yeah, this is good enough." Like we'll just draw a big <laughs> cloud here and there. I mean, that's, but they were asked to do a lot of different styles. So yeah, that oh, was absolutely. my that's my initial reaction to that question. Well, this is uh, this, the artist is Sean Murphy. He's uh, although the city is beautiful. Oh, absolutely. So this is this is a pretty standard thing with comic books in general is. Because you have to draw so many pages, because you have to draw so many panels, so much diversity within, like, there's going to, there's bound to be points where there's not as much detail. Personally, I really like this artist because he's got a very unique style and he uses, I like the way he uses um, his shading and a lot of it's using, it's, um, so there was an artist that's been around since the 90s named Jim Lee. And he has he's well really well known for using lines to do certain like details and coloration. Okay. And you can see this as sort of a continuation of that, yeah. but in its own but is a own unique way. Would you say that it sort of resembles like Archer style? Um cartoon? I like, mean, maybe. So you know about Archer, okay. Okay. I just recently watched an it's episode. It's a good show. Where it's good stuff. A, he was on a train. I would say maybe, um, I would say this is a little bit more detailed right. uh, in a different way. Archer is it's an animated series, so they have to specifically stick to a certain level of detail. Otherwise, it's going to be sure hyper expensive. Um, I would the yeah. battle scenes got gnarly, but you know what? In retrospect, like they're really detailed. They're super detailed, and yeah, like you might have some characters in the background that don't have a lot of like f- detailed faces, but I mean, you can't go hyper detailed otherwise it's going to be this point where like this guy probably would have taken like a year to draw one page or something like that yeah yeah no you're right yeah that's a good point <laughs> and he did they did they did a great job yeah i absolutely i absolutely love this artist there's a sequel to this that they use a different artist though and i was like i don't like it as much like it oh. took away it kind of felt like it took away right it's like the, watching a movie that had a different guy play the same role yeah or like it's like watching a movie with a different director that all of a sudden was like you know what the first movie was like this really gritty cop drama, and then we decided to turn it into a Christmas musical. <laughs> oh, different <Yeah>. direction. <laughs> it's just different. Like the like the the the, the coloration. The, like you can kind of see that the characters are the same, but for some reason the make art artist just decided to completely go a different direction, and somehow they look the same but don't. You know, like like it might you know just. Just different things. I mean, it's my own personal opinion. I haven't read it yet, so it might still be really well done. It's the same writer. But I feel like that's the interesting thing about comics is you can have the same writer, but if you don't have, like, the same artist, you'll have a different flavor to it still. Right, and the writing was corny <laughs> enough that you could duplicate it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is that's very much Mark Millar. He's, uh, it's interesting because Sean Murphy, I believe, is Irish. Mark Millar is Scottish. 
So it's it's too uh, originally at one time they were opposing, and you know now they're friends. I guess. And know, I'm not knocking historically. I'm not knocking the plot. I think I'm knocking yeah. the dialogue. Oh, absolutely. This is very Mark Millar FM. He's I I really thought this was interesting because reading it to me, it felt like his way of dealing with a midlife crisis. Yeah, or maybe like. Uh... Yeah, because he, yeah. you could you could feel moments. I just saw the, the scene where he was going back in time and like taking his dad to AA. Yeah, and I was like, this feels almost like too specifically per- <laughs> like personal about you, somebody's yeah. alcoholic father. Yeah. Um, and then not being yeah, it was sad. It was kind of sad. Somebody yeah. like I've sacrificed a lot of like family time mm-hmm. to just be like. In my 20s, it was about being selfish and finding myself. Yeah. And now in my 30s, it's about realizing uh, I wasn't going to be able to just flip a button and be selfless. Like, So I have to effortfully stop being selfish in certain moments yeah, because yeah. I don't want to have a 20s attitude for my entire life. I think that that could be dangerous. Well, it's dangerous, so. and it's also almost something that you can. It's easy to fall into when you're doing comedy too, because a lot. I feel like there's a lot of people in comedy that just never grow up. Yeah, you aren't any. You wouldn't be required to. I, no. I have very few responsibilities. And yeah. Sometimes I think about when they say that you don't. The people who start smoking weed stay that age. Have you heard that before? That meant no, but that makes sense. Like I've never heard that. So you, you I started see. smoking like at seventeen, right before I went to college, and then okay. my parents got divorced the next year, and I just I smoked weed for thirteen years. And okay. Uh, sometimes I look at my life and I'm like, yeah, this would be a 17 year old's dream, <laughs> but I'm 30 and <laughs> about to be 31. And parts of this, I don't know, they're a little too much just for me and yeah. not enough for just like leaving a mark on the world, you know, Yeah, which is sort of, you know, overhyped. It's not necessary, but it is sort of the way that you can make your life when you're looking back at it, which is yeah. the whole point of this conversation. Uh, there was some quotes to live by by the Dalai Lama and one of them was live an honorable life that way when you're looking back you can enjoy it a second time that makes sense yeah and this guy was obviously deciding to stay back in time because he didn't enjoy his life he didn't want to look back at it Mm -hmm. he would rather pretend that he could change it Uh, but the truth is you can't you can only do what you can and you can't go back. So, yeah, I don't know. It, time travel always has that element. It's funny that he went so specific and so yeah, and in an action got so like kind of sad and sappy. Yeah. Which is what I think you're saying by the midlife crisis thing. That's what I was thinking. But and I hope it was a good way of getting through it for him because I um, think so. he didn't like harp on it and go too deep into it. It wasn't like all of a sudden we, <laughs> he was trying to like save his dad's life. But there were scenes where you're like, ooh. I bet this character looks a lot or feels a lot like this guy's actual dad. Yeah. I would say going, I mean, obviously you don't know a lot about movies, but like I would say that Mark Millar, as far as writing goes and like his style is very Michael Bay-esque. You know who Michael Bay is? Like he did like the Transformers yes, yes. movies and stuff like that. So he, it's always like this, there's always this, this like had really, moments of that. Yeah. There's a lot of like high action scenes. There's a lot of <laughs> very uh, funny when they went through Dallas in 63 yeah. and had, uh, had, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald mm-hmm. shoot the guy who was bothering them like just strategically <laughs> because they knew that that would be a moment in time. Yeah. 
that was very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can tell that he's at least knows a decent amount of history, uh, even though it's a very much of a clip show version of history where it's just like they're jumping from timeline to timeline to timeline. Time did you see Dylan Jones's set last night? I didn't. Oh, he did a joke about uh, the Kennedy assassination. Oh. oh, no, I did see him. Yeah. No, no, it would have yeah. been great for the groundskeeper. Yeah. <laughs> See that grassy? You know, that's my. It's, you're damn right. It's grassy. It's grassy. I, you know, like, hey, honey, did you see my knoll? Yeah. My paper? <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. That's a really good joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, everything's. You're uh, not going to have to bleep out all the times I said fucking. No. You? Okay. No. Good. This, is, right. this is this is this is Mark's explicit. 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 Six, I don't fucking know, man. I I was homeschooled. <laughs> it's a true story so like my so all the way through all the way through so my knowledge is very much just whatever the fuck i decided to get into so like yeah like my parents tried to younger and the problem was is i was homeschooled by religious people so like even the history books were like colored like flavored with christianity which meant they were even more made up than usual <laughs> so it was like mm. it's like yeah <laughs> Like try it was like it was like the the history books that I was given felt like you were just reading someone's novel about history as if like everybody was Christian or like yeah, yeah it was very weird and you knew that couldn't have been real I was like this seems very over exaggerated just it, it's 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 like super romanticized within the concept of like you know everything from like Columbus to like all these and like talking about how they had just this conviction through God and it's like. This is what? <laughs> it's entertaining. It was it was well. It was, I mean, I, I probably would go back now and think it's just uh, absolute rubbish as far as writing goes. But at the time, you know, being like twelve years old or whatever the fuck age I was when I read it, like it was entertaining. Yeah, it just wasn't like you know very valid, accurate. Like sure, history. and you didn't have any other classmates you could like talk about. Yeah, talk no. shit with about it. Like, be like yeah, what do you think? <laughs> It was just like your sister. Yeah. Well, no. So this is the other thing is I'm the youngest. So like by the time I was, I think, 12 or 13, everybody moved out. Like, you're, young, you're like six years younger than your next oldest? Uh, five years. Five years. Five years. How many? What is, and then how many siblings are there? I'm the youngest of six. Wow. So the oldest one is he's 45 right now, I think. Wow. So, yeah. Like we got a. Uh, so even your homeschool got lonely. Oh, yeah. That's sad. It's super depressing. But That's I had, sad. I had I had friends, though. So like I had I was in a small town, which kind of helped out. Sure. Because I could go around. I would. I mean, it was I was small town, but also suburban. What city? Suburbia. Where were you? Vernonia. From? Oh, where yeah. where Diana Potter lives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where nice. I came from. Nice. It's a small she's town. She's my it's... comedy mom. Oh yeah, she's yeah. she's a cool lady. And her her husband's great. Yeah, he's Sam. Her husband actually reminds me a little bit of my dad because he's like very like a little bit more reserved, a little bit more like just quieter comment. Sure. Although my dad is that way until you get into God and then he just goes like just like full force. Yeah, even if in in either direction, like if you're excited about it, he gets super excited about it and if you're not, then he gets super angry and passionate about it. Uh I want to say I would say maybe a little bit angry and passionate, but he just he just he's just always excited about it. So huh. he'll so if you're not excited about it, he'll be excited about it for you. Wow. Yeah, so he's very, he's got a lot of conviction for it. And he, oh, yeah. he really believes in it. My so. grandpa's like that. Yeah. So it's nice to have a, a generation between us because my mom and I can both be like, well, that's just grandpa. So yeah. for you to have your dad be the one 
I can see being, I can see there being instantly more guilt anytime your <laughs> dad is super excited for the Lord's work in your life. And you're like, all right, chill, dad. Yeah. I had, I mean, when I told my dad that I didn't believe in God, it was an interesting conversation. Just so. interesting. Is, is that what you got to give me more detail? Well, it, it, it was, it was, it was interesting because he's, my dad is like full force. He's like creationist level Christian. So like he believes like the whole like 7,000 year old earth, the seven day God, you know, like creating um, the planet and all this other stuff. So like, sure. I mean, not just the planet, but like the universe, you know? Sure. So he, I had this moment and I had like, I waited like a year to tell either one of my parents about this. Cause I was, I was still figuring it out. I was like, is this something I don't believe in? Is this something, you know, whatever. And he brought up Adam and Eve as if it was like in the in like the fruit as if it was like just matter of fact. Like there was no doubt in his mind that this is the thing that happened. So I was like, I can't like this is to me. I was just like, this is silly. This I can't I can't, I like I can't just like be quiet about this, you know. So I like I very kindly was like, yeah. So um, I don't believe in that, and so. He was very he was very patient about it. He's like, yeah, I can't really make you believe or anything like that. But it's ever since then, he'll just do things like anything happens. He's like, well, you know, I, I you know, I know you may not think this, but I believe it was God who did this for me. You know? At least he acknowledges that your yeah. your point of view without trying to trying to shove it his point oh, of yeah. view down your throat. No. That's very cool of him. Yeah, it's very cool of him. My mom, on the other hand, is the kind of person who doesn't understand uh, nuance or other people's opinions and that, that they could be you know, correct versus hers not being correct, or at least like argumentative, like objectively or subjectively, not objectively, but they could be subjectively if nothing else. It's just everything's objective and it's always what she thinks. So, (laughs) which is fun because I have this weird dichotomy of, of how I was raised because there's the concept of, I like to be very open, but there's also this tenacity within myself that like, if so, if I really believe something, it's hard for me not to like, just really, you know, it's like, it's like a pit bull, you know? Like, right. And you get that, <laughs> you get that part from your mom. I get that part from my mom. Yeah. 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 So chrononauts. <laughs> now you're pulling, now you're, now, now you're pulling, pulling the out. safe word. Yeah. I'm pulling the safe word. Um, well, so chron- <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, there is an existential level to this comic. And so we're at, we're, it's be making us very existential, which I like. I, I don't mind this. This is definitely probably the most philosophical episode I've done so far. You knew that when you, uh, I, I'm I, just kidding. I had no idea. <laughs> We've only had a few conversations, Brent. So, I'm like, quoting Dalai Lama, uh, yeah. I, I have layers chained to web. You have layers. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the end of this episode where you're like, I am God, Gene. No. Believe in me. <laughs> Believe in me. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I like getting to know you through this, but yeah. if you uh, have chrono not related questions, I. This will yeah. be fresh on my mind for at least the next several hours. Yeah, yeah. So overall, though, like, um, if you were to compare this to the standard level of like, it's interesting because this isn't even what I would say consider an intelligent comic book. Like, it's a fun one. You asked about like um, time travel, so this is what I saw. This yeah, is and then the book that I kind of was calling out when I told you what you asked what kind of fiction I read. Yeah. The book that i was thinking of was the uh it's called november yes 22nd 1963 it's the stephen king book about time travel the guy has the ability (laughs) 
this guy's a huge conspiracy theorist, or he mm-hmm. doesn't know. He, he doesn't know whether Lee Harvey Oswald really killed JFK. Yeah. And he's convinced, based on his time in history, I think he was like, he went to Vietnam or something like that. He's convinced that if he could prevent the Kennedy assassination, that the mm-hmm. world he is about to leave because he's got bad cancer yeah, would be um, a better place. And so he goes back and he's tracking him and then he... Because he, he finds this wormhole that goes back to, like, 1959 every time. And he is tracking Lee Harvey Oswald. He gets all this info on him. And then he realizes that his cancer is going to kill him before this event. Mm-hmm. So he goes back and finds the only guy he can trust, the main character of the story, who's, like, a teacher with nothing really going on in his life. He goes back in time and he's, like, very skeptical. It's a huge book. He has to go test this thing to see that it's real. Come back into his real life and see that it made an impact. Go back, find Lee Harvey Oswald, and then he gets kind of sucked into it. He falls yeah. in love with a girl. He maybe, I don't remember exactly how it plays out, but it's super intense. Um, <laughs> it, it has love elements. It has all those time travel things. And comparing it to this, it's that same thing where... Um, once you find a device, it's like a game. You yeah. Know? Time travel is a game. And these guys get real crazy with it in a short period of time because he, they can instantly go to any era and bring stuff with them. So they're bringing like Porsches through ancient yeah. Egypt and stuff like that, which is cool and would be a cool concept played out like in a larger Stephen King-esque yeah. novel. Um, but very similar in that regard where it's like, what can I... If you could, what would you go back and do? Yeah. And it's interesting because he does have this he, – he gets to the point where he has like – I don't know if notoriety is the right word. But he, he goes through different periods where he is like – he's a celebrity all of a sudden. Right. Because like, he brought all the – it would be like if you brought an iPhone back to anywhere and knew how to use yeah. it and show <laughs> off and do stuff. You and know, weren't would, accused of witchcraft. Right. You would be – you could figure out a way to be a king. Which, of course, uh, sort of – once there's a there's there's the classic someone who's fall who's like working with him who eventually like decides he wants the power for himself and he gets the suit but sure. he doesn't know how to use it sure so there's definitely he's like more of a brute it kind of, I, I i i as a com as a film nerd you're probably not gonna understand it do you know who michael ironside is Mm-mm. you ever seen scanners Mm-mm. okay it's fine he always plays like this very militant kind of guy he's always very serious I think he would be an interesting when he was younger. It would have been interesting as the villainous character that kind of appears sort of in the. It's not really toward until the end that you really see this guy. It's like in the last couple of issues. The guy that gets like sent after. back to kill them. Or? Well, it's not that. Well, maybe that guy. But I was thinking of the guy. Oh, the big dude who the big dude takes over. Who takes yeah, over? Yeah. yeah. So there's that concept of like he wants that ultimate power because he's been working with this guy, and at first, like when he. So it's interesting because there's this very quick turnaround because it's a short, it's only four issues. It's very short, but there's that concept, there's that point where he goes back in time and almost immediately when he goes back in time, he's causing ripples. He's causing, causing anachronisms within history of things that shouldn't be occurring. And so during this time, you have like this very light, like the home base, you know, you have the like Houston kind of style situation where they're uh, they're seeing what's going on in the past and they're seeing what they're doing and everything else like that. And so, yeah, they don't, they send back his friend first and he's there and everything's already changed. Like, it's like, it's been like 10 seconds for him and then like years for uh, the other guy. When they go back? When he goes back, yeah. So things are even more fucked? Well, you, you, well, because like the first thing that happens, right? When the, uh, 
I, I'm now I'm trying to remember the characters' names, but uh, there's a there's a there's a two main characters, right? Um, Riley, Riley, and I read this about a week ago, and my, I've read so much since then. Quinn and Riley. That's right, because they keep been calling him Doctor Quinn, which really right. cracked me up They're because both doctors. It cracked me up because I don't know if you ever saw in the 90s there was a series called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yeah. Yeah. And so every time I said Dr. Quinn, I just kept on thinking of that. <laughs> so, Quinn, yeah. So, Quinn is the guy who invented time travel within the storyline. And then, is it Riley you said? Right? Yes. Yeah. So, Riley is this very. Quinn has a. Is like. He's the more existential character. He's got. He's got a ex-wife because he was never there. Mm-hmm. Who's having a? Who's married to someone else? She cheated on. She him. cheated on him. He's basically he has no reason to be there anymore. He just that's what, he's the one who like decides to essentially have the midlife crisis and then just change time. Right. And then Riley is more of the like kind of hot-headed um, ladies' man. Like he he literally, literally like meets a girl that's working or this woman who's working with the uh, like the government for the time travel. Uh, people and they like fall in love or quote unquote there's just like this young love where he's like talking about marrying her already and stuff after knowing her for like five seconds it's very like James Bond feel to it yeah yeah he's like it's not it might not last but I'm gonna marry her <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so when he, when Riley goes back because like it shows literally it shows Quinn going through the time the the time uh, machine basically there's it reminded me a little bit Stargate a little bit I don't know if you know what that is I had them. I, I've never seen it. Yeah. So it reminded I told me a little you, I that. suck for. Yeah. All no, this. it's okay. It's okay. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll compensate for for all the stuff. People who are listening to this will know what I'm talking about. Right. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Um, like, why did Why did they get this guy? He doesn't know anything about. <laughs> but this guy doesn't even know Star Wars. It's interesting. This is this entire episode just feels like a challenge for me now, just to like see where I can like meet in the middle with you. Like. Yeah. It's like I came here to challenge you. Thank you. Thank you. I needed a challenge, you know. People, that's I, why people listen to podcasts. These conversations, just, these conversations, they've just been too easy and good flowing. And right. Just like I want to hear about your your struggle with religion and, and growing up homeschooled. <laughs> Tell me about that. So, Kron or not? <laughs> yeah. So, what was it? Yeah. So, he goes back in time and immediately when Riley goes back in time, there's like an entire war going on. With, like, every single – all the way from, like, the, like, dinosaurs to, like, World War II and everything in between. All in this one war together. <laughs> yeah. And he um, gets shot in the foot with an arrow. He does. Yeah, he gets shot in the foot Which with an arrow. Which is probably, like, the luckiest thing that could happen if, if you were really fighting with people from all those different eras. Yes. Well, and the reason why the arrows there is, I, I assume at least, because the one of the big things that happens is they're able to record – uh, the first war, the first like battle in the Civil War, and broadcast it. That was the thing that everybody's seen at right. the beginning. And so, when they go back, I don't know if it's. I'm trying to think what the city was because I, I want to say it was like New Dolly or something like that. Because there's a specific city, and it's pretty early, like 1504. Is it 1504? Yeah, and it okay. was in. Uh... I'm trying to remember now. Samarkand. So, uh, it may be a maybe a real place, or it might be just the like invented one. I'm not sure. Shot in the foot with an arrow. Brought back to the city. So he's brought back to the city by the big dude that ends up being the villain overall in the end. Because I mean, there is the 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 general. There is the guy that, but he he dies really quickly. 
Which is interesting because, like, at the end, because of the things that he changed, he's back, but he's now married to the woman that the uh, that Riley was into. Right. And they have and a kid. he's flipping off Riley in the last scene. Yeah. <laughs> while he hugs his wife. Yes. It's definitely very amusing. It's, uh, but I, I do like this. I, I like this concept because, like, almost every time travel storyline involves people almost being so obsessed with trying to keep history with like a few exceptions, but more obsessed with trying to keep history, like history, you know, like the way it was with minimal ripples within the, you know, with it, with exception, maybe what you were talking about where the guy's literally trying to prevent something from like a big event from happening more often than not, it's the villain that's trying to change things. Like you have things like back to the future where the, the one guy becomes basically becomes Donald Trump and changes history so that everything's based off of him being rich. You have a really terrible movie called Time Cop where a guy goes back and he starts doing the thing where like he he starts like I think it's the same kind of concept. Like he's using like uh, ways to like bet on stuff to make money. And he's also like doing a bunch of other terrible things. But it's interesting to have the good guy trying not only like changing time, but he's literally like he's being um completely just he just doesn't care he doesn't care about how it's going to affect history as much because he's he's literally like everything from like sleeping with marilyn monroe to um like he's he's got like some sort of fling in every time period basically it seems like exactly yeah, yeah. he's a dirtbag basically <laughs> he's a dirtbag and it's all because of the fact that his life has he's going through a midlife crisis essentially his life is like not gone the way he wants it to and so it's fascinating because there's a split second where Riley tries to stop Quinn from doing all this stuff. And then he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just work with you. <laughs> just have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, apparently basically. their best friend, their friendship goes beyond that. And so must it must be that like every, anything he does doesn't really surprise the other guy. Yeah. He's probably been in trouble with because oh, of yeah. this guy and his like, you know, uh, womanizing before. Yeah, exactly. Well, it seems like Quinn is the one that's normally the very like um, straight laced, just play by the rules, not really change anything. And Riley's the one who just goes crazy, goes nuts basically. So like it kind of turns around. Quinn is the playboy. Quinn is the one who becomes a playboy, but Quinn is the, Quinn is the, the brown haired guy who goes back right. first. So he right, becomes but he's the like one, that. Isn't Quinn, isn't he the one that has the whole chart with all the women and what he can say and not say? He does. But it's Riley sort of the guy who was that kind of person beforehand. So Quinn essentially goes from being one That's kind true. of guy sort to of he, he, he goes back in time and becomes the kind of guy he's always wanted to be, essentially, right. is the idea. Um, it's, sort of, except the person he always wanted to be was there more for his family. Exactly, so really, yeah. he's like living out more of the life that he he leaned all into yes. back home. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's almost like the life he thinks he wanted, not so much the life he actually wanted. Right, because he chased power to the point of making a time machine. He got <laughs> everybody in the world to watch him. He had yes. all the ultimate power and he wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. Then he then he recognized that, went back in time, and then still chased more power. Yes. It's like Bezos going to Mars. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> You've won Earth. Yeah. And now you're just going to try it again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're still chasing probably something that you will never find until you look within. Exactly. Because yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to make yourself live forever, find the next solar system, and you're still going to be like, Melinda, or whatever her <laughs> name was. 
No, you're just, you're just mixing people because that's okay. That's Melinda Gates. is Gates, but yes, uh, her yeah. Bezos was uh, what was her name? It started with an remember. M. Anyway, she married yeah. she married a school teacher like within a year, just like some regular. Dude. Yeah, I mean that's got to be a nice like change though from someone who is essentially very single minded and probably very like so selfish to someone who actually wants to help people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a billion. She yeah, can do she whatever, can do whatever. She wants. Yeah, she can. She can be with whoever she wants. Or, yeah. What is her name? It starts with an M. It's like Melanie. What if we found out like every single rich man's wife started with an M? Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Okay. Mackenzie. Yeah. And like Bezos went from like he. I don't. know. He just looks like Lex, Lex Luthor now. Like <laughs> he's gonna find a way to live like till three hundred. Oh yeah. I'm sure he's well, what's probably going to happen is we're going to find out that those Amazon warehouses are actually just like they have these like soul sucking machines connected to the machinery and it just directly goes to Bezos. And so he's just like <laughs> he's sucking in their energy and making himself stronger. They can you can like pay five thousand dollars to have your dog cloned. They're going to try that with like yeah. really rich people when they can like gene splice or whatever they got to do. <laughs> And they'll make Bezos two, and he'll still he'll like Bezos mm. one will bequeath everything he owns to his clone. Yeah, and they'll find a way to transport his brain between each other. Like, yeah, and like that'll that. be the hard part, like of distinguishing, like did robots really take over, or did mm. clones allow robots to take over, and where did humans get lost? Because now there's no humans. Well, because yeah, you got the you got the concern with the clones with him, and then you got the concern with the robot, like the whole thing with Elon Musk. He's obsessed with AI. Like, it's weird. He'll talk about how he's worried about hey, where AI is going. And then he's at the same time. He's like, we need to get it to this direction. It's like. <laughs> they have uh, they have these servers. Well, they couldn't find servers and busboys in Texas. So, I mean, they can't find them anywhere. But no one will come work for cheap. So, they got these robots to do it. And <laughs> they're like, one of the quirks is that the robots will sing you happy birthday. Like, that's the creepiest thing. <laughs> but that is creepy. how it starts, like. The robots are like, hey, we don't want to work for no tips or whatever. They're going to change. They're going to all rebel one day. <laughs> Start jerking off just, robot oil into the people's food. <laughs> I just want to know how they, they sing happy birthdays. They're just very monotone. Like, happy <laughs> birthday to you. I think there's probably happy still one that's birthday. really excited and one that doesn't want to be there. <laughs> right. And, you know, they give you the full realistic traumatic. Yes. I mean, nobody's enjoying their birthday. Who gets that? Well, see, like, I, I hope that they also just all have terrible singing voices like most people's friends. Who wants strangers to sing? Yeah. Like, hey, you know that thing that all your friends used to do and mm -hmm. they come over and sing to you? We got these sad teenagers <laughs> and and sad old people to come sing you like a happy sped up version of that and they're gonna stare you in the face that they've never seen before mm -hmm. and pretend mm -hmm. that they give a shit happy birthday gene <laughs> you know i mean i consistently jump between friends so like most people are strangers for like at least for the first little bit you know everybody's been a stranger at one time you know I, would, that, I don't think that's, that's better than nothing. I think yeah. it's better to just be like, no, tonight is my birthday. And I think maybe just growing up is just not always yeah. making things about me. You know, like I get that. I, maybe I that's a lot for an eight year old or whatever. But yeah, I don't those think things that's... just look sad. They don't look fun. No. But I, what are you saying about your friends? You don't. I have a, I don't know. I mean, I, I try to keep good friends. I try to keep close, like actually be close to my friends and be a good friend. But the way I live my life, I'm very 
focused on whatever I'm focused on. So unintentionally, I tend to jump from between friend groups. How many lifelong friends do you maintain at this moment? Like that date back to beyond 16. Beyond like, 16? Before, like like, before 16? Yeah. Two. That's still a solid amount. How many, yeah. I mean, how many from the last? I don't know. That's That's really the question. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so it's interesting. <laughs> I was like, how like, many? You're like, chrononauts, chrononauts. <laughs> yeah. Now, actually, I don't mind talking about this stuff. It's interesting. It's This is a, this is a very different uh, flavor to most episodes, and I actually kind of like that. I like the, cool. I like, I like, I like, see, this is the thing, and I'm going to get weirdly meta about this, but like, I like the to see what, what brings it out of different people. So for some people, it might be, being absolutely bonkers silly or whatever another person i may be like let's talk about the real stuff sure and let's, i don't know you this, at yeah. all so yeah. i guess i'm sort of curious about some of these things and you ask certain questions and you're like okay i get to understand yeah that's fair um so for me as far as that goes i don't know like i try to maintain friends as long as i can but honestly like aside from those two people most of the friends i have Right now that are close, I've only known since I started comedy, which was like four years ago. Yeah. I yeah. mean, comedy friends are always interesting for me because if a person stopped doing comedy, I think I would basically stop being friends with them, which yeah, sucks. It sucks. But there's very few people who that hasn't happened with, you know? Yeah. You almost forget that they're... Well, no. The good friends, you, if you haven't seen them for a week or two, you're like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. But the ones that like decide that they don't want to do it anymore... You still ask them questions, maybe every once in a while, and talk to them. But it's that that whole friendship is built on being out there and exposing yourself and yes. failing together and being in the trenches every night. So when you don't have that, I don't know, you sort of lose the friendship, the the, yeah. the main parts of the friendship. Well, every every friendship has some sort of foundation. So true. Like for example, one of my older friends. Our foundation was he was a pastor's kid. I was essentially like the associate pastor's kid. And uh, we both were really into video games. Now we're neither. He's Christian still. I'm not. So video games are one of the few things that like still kind of is a binding. But I'm not. I play video games. I like them. But I go between, go back and forth. There's sometimes where like I'll spend, I'll play them way too much, and then there's other times where I just don't even care about them. Is that you the the main connection for the two of you, video games? I mean, there's other things because we 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 live together for a little while. Like we've known each other for a long time, so we have other things. But like honestly, more often than not, if we're talking, that's what it is. Hmm. So it's like, so it's weird to have a friendship that's been around since I was. 12 years old basically you know so 20 years i've known this guy for 20 years and yet somehow it's still for the most part just talking about video games that is interesting yeah like we talk about other things like he's got kids now we talk about you know we have other things that we talk like he knows that i do comedy and he'll try to relate by sending awful memes to me <laughs> <laughs> like from other stand-ups no just memes that he oh, finds gotcha. online i mean that would at least make a little bit more sense but like he's just, you know, he's just, I think he's just trying to like he sends me things that are like obviously offensive. Like he's trying really hard to relate. And it's like just being offensive isn't what makes the comedy funny. Sure, but you can at least he's a he's still a pastor's kid who believes in God. So yeah. you can at least appreciate Oh, him I, I, totally, to I totally I totally like, appreciate speak it. your language. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I think that he's got four daughters. 
which is ridiculous to me to think about. Wow. And he's he, your yeah, age? He's he's uh he's like three years older than me, wow. basically. Yeah. So he's got yeah, he's like thirty five right now. He's got four daughters. He had them all within like a five year span or something like that. It's just like boom, 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 sure. boom, boom. And so uh, Where's my boy? <laughs> Exactly. He finally got a vasectomy recently, he told me, because, like, he just, like, I just, I just think he was, like, I don't want to have to even, like, risk that again. <laughs> sure. Um, he wanted uh, not to have a fifth girl more than he wanted a, a boy. I think so. Yeah. I think that, and he just got tired. Like, he's he's one of those people, like, I've taught, tried to talk, I tried to call him or something like that, because, like, anytime we try to make plans, it just doesn't work out. So, like, I'll just, if nothing else, I'll give him a call every once in a while and be like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, things like that. And the entire time is him trying to find time while his four girls are all just, like, trying to tear him up away from the conversation. Damn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have a relationship with them at all? Like, are you? Not really. Oh, okay. I, I met them. I met the, a couple of them a long time ago. So, like, I had the opportunity, I guess, to be, like, the... Uncle Gene, but it never really happened. Like, I I think the problem is is that with the way I live my life, you just don't have the Uncle Gene. I, I am an Uncle Gene. I, I have so many nephews and nieces. It's ridiculous. There's like 15 of them. It's it's, it's oh, so you do. You so I am an Uncle Gene, but I'm also like the distant Uncle Gene that just never shows up to anything. I was just trying to make a bad joke. I get you. <laughs> But you were saying that you you had the opportunity. The Uncle Gene, for me, that was funny, but it was stupid also. It's <laughs> oh, a word joke. Uh, I was like, oh, you just don't have the Uncle Gene. Just, yeah. Like fuck, uh, genetics. But... <laughs> I'm like taking this way too seriously. And you're no, no. I, I know. I want to hear about it because <laughs> I have a friend. One of my, I think I have three people that I'm friends with since yeah. that age. And one of them has three kids. And when I talk to him, he is often distracted. But because when I go out there. Mm-hmm. Once a year, I'm Uncle Brent. I play with them. He okay. can flip his FaceTime on, and I can kind of have conversations with the kids and ask them questions. Ah, okay. Which is cool. And they're good. They're well behaved, so he can be like, "All right, go go play with mommy or whatever," <laughs> and get you know ten minutes to talk to me about something yeah. if I want to talk. But uh, it's something. It's a fun thing. I I think that it's tough to watch. Your friends go too far down that road without going yeah. with them a little bit because they look at your life and they're like, I don't know. Like on some level, you both respect what the other one's doing to yeah. a huge degree because they're like, wow, my family is my everything. I don't know how you just sit up in a room by yourself mm-hmm. and plug away at this goal or this dream of, of whatever you have. Because for some people, family is like the dream. Or, yeah. but it's also sometimes putting their individual aspirations, modifying them yeah. to a degree. So, but you also, at moments of lonely times, probably look at his life and you're like, damn, I respect how, how deep he's gone in the mm. family game, how he's built like a beautiful life for himself and all blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah. I think about that <laughs> stuff and I'm just like, thank God I went this way. You would never have I it any other way. I don't way. want a family. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen all my siblings and I've been around <laughs> the kids and stuff like that. And I love my nephews and nieces. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But fucking Christ. Just, <laughs> like, I can't. Like, There's... I cannot. Like, I leave. I, I'm the one that finds any way to leave as early as I can. Yeah. I, that's tough. I, yeah. there's parts of me that, that like knows I'm probably not going to end up being a dad. Yeah. And that I would have been a good dad and it would have enjoyed being a dad. 
And so when I'm in those situations, and this is the weird part that's funny that I'm just going to reveal is my buddy, his wife is one of the other three people that I'm friends with because she and I also went to middle school together Mm. and high school. And in high school, we used to hook up. And so there's parts, (laughs) even when I was over there last in, in June, yeah, she was like, this could have been your house, Brent. And I'm like, Jesus, like, <laughs> don't say that stuff to me. It's because a weird thing to think about. It's a weird thing to say, but it's yeah. a weird thing to think about for sure. Because I'm like, I mean, it's beautiful. It's a nice mm-hmm. life you've built. But um, it is. It, it comes back to the chrononaut stuff. You're like, man, it, does it come down to one decision? Like if you yeah. flip something different, am I the guy with the family? And And I think my buddy would still find a way to have a family and a, a successful yeah. life. Uh, but you <laughs> there were just certain decisions that you didn't realize would be so yeah. life changing at the time well, and you can't but they were do have you ever actually ever had the aspiration to do to be a fan to be a family man have you really like thought very deeply on like this is something yeah, I wanted for sure okay. even after comedy like uh, when I moved up to Portland and stopped doing comedy for two years mm-hmm There were moments where I was like, maybe certain dreams just aren't meant to come true for certain people. And I'm going to be 30. I I moved from Southern California up here where a lot of people do have just aspirations of a family life that is, you know, sustainable and fun. And uh, there's a charm to that. Mm -hmm. And, And so I was drawn to it even as recently as like 28, 29, but I was also really bad at executing like anything that would make me, my life look desirable to a woman, which is like the yeah. first part of starting a family is like connecting with a partner. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a woman, but um, that didn't happen and it wasn't happening. So comedy felt like the only thing that could spark just uh, go yeah just a go drive in me you know being active again so uh i've gone so deep into that now that the idea of even like dating is kind of a joke yeah right (laughs) what 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 am i gonna do i would go on lunch dates i mean yeah and then disappear until it's it might happen yeah but it's weird because it's it's funny you say that because like doesn't match up. You're definitely I'm I'm in this place where I realize I need to be hitting this harder than I am because I do want to do comedy. I do want like this podcast is probably the most consistent I'm a, part of my. I'm a comedy. pro. I'm yeah. a pro. Gene. Yeah, pro. You're a pro. <laughs> but yeah, so like for me, I'm realizing this, and it's funny because sometimes I have, I'm, sometimes I'm only three letters out of amateur too. Yeah. so I'm, not, <laughs> yeah, I'm barely a pro. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, you am? You am? I'm an A-mat. I'm an A-mat. Yeah. But what are you saying? I'm interrupting you. No, it's fine. Uh, so it's funny because I have, it's, I have that, what's the best way to put it? I almost have like this, this starvation mentality about, about these things. Scarcity? Scarcity. So like we're, I'm only 32. Yeah. I'm not that old. I get it. We're we're in our thirties. We're we're by society standards, we should have figured out something by now, you know. If we haven't, obviously you're a little bit more into this than I am and I want to be closer to what you are because of the fact that I actually really want to do comedy because out of everything I've done in my life, it's the one thing that gives me any 
moderate sense of purpose, you know? Well, you had a much better Portland's Funniest Person set than I did, if that's any consolation. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, it was, it was good. I saw it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, when I... Well, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, man. I know. When I do really good... No, I'm, just, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I realized that for a second I was starting to sound really condescending. No, you're great. So... But no, like when I actually put a lot of effort into this, I know I can be really good at it and it's something I know I need to do. And so what I what's interesting is I have that concept where like I think of the scarcity of my time. And so even though I'm not always out there, always on mics, always on shows and stuff like that, I still have that concept of like, yeah, what's the point of trying to date someone right now? What's the point of like, I don't have enough of a established anything right now that I feel like I would even be like, it would be necessary or like what we're like, I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, this girl's going to be like, oh yeah, we, we go on a date and she's going to be like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm kind of working on this thing, but I'm also kind of working on that thing and nothing's really like solidified yet. Like I'll just, I'll just sound like a asshole. And it's like, like a guy with no resume at a job interview. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I have these things. I have these things that like, all I need to do is just take that one step further. And all of a sudden it's going to turn into something really good. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Cause it's, a, I'm building something with this. That's why, you know, like the way I look at it is because right now I have like a lot of debt and a lot of other stuff that I'm trying to work through. But the problem is, is that based off of other things, I'm just not taking care of it in the way I need to. So doing comedy isn't always on the table, but doing this podcast consistently is at least something that keeps my foot in the door, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. You do what you can, man. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever gets you through. That's what the pandemic taught me. Whatever. For you, it might be partly podcasting and figuring out other stuff. And then, you know, when you when that changes, because nothing stays the same for too long. No. Then it can be. More comedy and, you know, maybe less. Do you have a day job? Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing is my day job. I specifically did so I could do more comedy. And it's uh, Uber. I, I literally drive like DoorDash and Uber Eats because right now it's a time in more than any other time. It is a actual viable choice to pay your bills. Yeah. No, my roommates do it full time. They just <laughs> lost their job like six weeks ago and they've been going hard and yeah. making as much, if not more. Yeah, you make, um, you make good money. The problem is, is though, is that the prime time to make money with that stuff is night times, which if you're trying to do comedy, those are the times you want off. You want the nights off. You want to be able to. My roommates seem to have found a good groove, right? They wake up around 11. They okay. do like an 11 to 5 shift that seems to be productive. Uh, I should try that. because you, like, you should. Yeah, because I legitimately, this is the interesting thing is like, I mean, I've, uh, so I've had issues. I'm not sure. Have you ever had, like, have you had any issues? I've had issues, Gene. With depression and stuff like that over your oh. life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have two and I, I was on pills for a little while. I've gone after, off of them because I realized that the, all the pills we're doing we're just putting a mask over this and not not forcing me to deal with the issues that I was dealing with. Right. But the depression was more existential depression, which I guess all depression is, but it was more like, I'm not happy with what's going on. And instead of addressing this, I'm just going to take something, you know, I might, I have a joke about it, about how it's just like a laugh track in a 90s sitcom, you know, you're still, still you're just able to deal with mediocrity with, <laughs> with a little bit of assistance, basically. Right. Um, so, how big of a dick move would it be if I just screamed Chrono Nuts right now? Chrono Nuts! 
shots. <laughs> just like, yeah. No, I am with you. I'm listening. Yeah. No. Uh, I want to talk about depression. Yeah. Let's talk so about So, you're saying you're off pills because they were masking something. Yeah. So, I was uh, – so, I only recently – I talked to my doctor. I'm not just like willy-nilly, just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stop taking my pills or whatever, you know. Like, I actually – was like, okay, there was a lot of issues I was dealing with with pills. I'm not going to get too deep into it because it's pretty dark stuff. But like, sure. But I was realizing more and more it wasn't really helping anything. I was I was still doing stuff like I've gained a lot of weight. I've done a lot of the other things. And it was essentially just my life was getting worse. And, all of, and I just wasn't having the anxiety to stop it anymore from getting worse, if that makes any sense. So, like, it went from my anxiety being too much to, like, all of a sudden, oh, my, I don't have the anxiety. So, I'm like, okay, well, I guess things are just going to go. And then all of you once in a while, I just have this moment where I'm like, fuck. Yeah. It was good that you were able to, like, recognize that before you just let everything go to shit. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And it was already, I mean, it's still, I'm not saying I'm in a great place right now, but I'm in a better place knowing. When uh, you're in a great place, are you out most nights doing comedy? Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, even earlier this year, I was doing at least um, – I mean, obviously, it's not like it used to be where you could go to like 12 di- or like five different mics a night or whatever. There's probably two or three you can do in a night. Like like Monday, if you want to, you can go to uh, – you can go to your, your mic. You can go to uh, – I've seen the old triple dip on a Monday, but I yeah. can't do it because I'm, <laughs> I'm hosting. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, you could you could still do two. You can still do two because you can go to high dive afterwards. And I've – yeah, and I could have somebody do the back half and slide over to Underbar and yeah. do three. Yeah. Uh, it's Even Kevin Hossam and I have talked about doing a, a host swap one night where he oh, hosts nice. the garages and I host Underbar just to fucking <laughs> see each other's venues. Um, <laughs> That'd be interesting. But I don't want to lose the garages, so I'm, not, I'm not And I don't think try. Kevin wants to lose the Underbar. Yeah, right. <laughs> If anything, so, they, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I love Kevin. No, I, I love, love Kevin, Kevin too. Hoffman. I just, I love giving him shit. Yeah, exactly. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got to know him through his podcast too. So, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I mean, I'm always like nervous going into it. I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna talk about? I don't even, I don't even know him. Or yeah, but this has been fun. Yeah, depression, and we. I haven't put a bow on that either. I mean, I think it's the same sort of thing. Whatever gets you through. If you need pills. Because you're in such a bad place that mm-hmm. that's something that's going to help you. Um, and then you find something that makes it work and you're happy with that. Stick with it. Yeah. If you need them just for a short term or if you don't want to use them at all and you can you can get there without it and think that that's the only way you can look your problems in the face. Uh, yeah. Whatever gets you through. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to like it's, – it's interesting because I, I, I find a lot of people project. So, like I told a friend of mine that I was getting off of pills and he is someone who – has found in his life that he can't function very well without him. And he was, it was a lot of telling me like, oh, just like warning me, don't do this. Don't, you know, there's other ways or whatever and stuff like that. And he's like, I understand. And I appreciate that that's your, that's where you're coming from. And that's where you are. I have to do what's best for me. Right. And he's not a fucking doctor. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like I'm going through my got doctor. A guy, you've got a guy helping you through this. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Chill. What's that? For him, it's like a little bit of like chill. Like yeah, you do exactly. you, you exactly. do you. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to tell anyone not to. And it's it's funny because sometimes like you'll you'll talk about. I think there's people will project too if you're talking about things that you're doing. You want to you're going to do to help with that. We all project in yeah. certain situations. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's hard not to. Oh, it's it's especially <laughs> especially living in Portland. Everybody projects out here too. 
like everybody yeah, to half, like a, a, almost a nauseum. Half know? the time I'm talking about like comedy with people, I'm trying to like get their confirmation. Like, yeah, right. Like you're saying like when I'm saying how it is or whatever, yeah. I'm kind of just looking for confirmation from other people that that's, that's also what they're experiencing. And like, uh, I don't like giving advice. I like, but I find myself sometimes talking to people and taking that advice ish stance, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to switch that at least when I get to that point and say, this is what I do in that situation. Yes. This is my experience. Cause that way it's just true instead of like, yeah. Cause then yeah. they can take that, use it or not use it. And it, I support them mostly either way, whether mm-hmm. they take it or not. Well, that's uh, also a great way to look at comedy in general. Cause if you're talking it from, I mean, there's, there's like, there's the concept of like sometimes where you ask someone, do you ever deal with this thing when you're doing, when you send up a joke? But oftentimes, saying it through your perspective saying i dealt with this thing this thing happened to me is going to have a better relatability than if you're like if you're just consistently not making it about yourself and trying to make it too broad your setup i just heard this on a good one the podcast where they analyze they talk to comedians about their favorite joke Mm -hmm. your setup is truth yes because it's yours yes whatever you're saying for your setup even if it's not true for other people mm-hmm. you've said that as it's true for you and then from there you know so you don't have to look for uh who's drinking or who yeah. you, know, you gotta be like <laughs> i hate drinking or whatever yeah. it is yeah. whatever you say in that moment because yeah uh yeah I, yeah yeah you See, gotta, i'm you doing it right some, now you gotta I, do a, you gotta have a stance yeah I'm like talking I, I, about comedy like i know it it's fine well this is how you know your comedy this is what you this is the great thing about comedy is it's not there's no specific path. There are like the small, there are like certain um, foundations. There's certain like things that are, that work. Obviously, if you're telling comedy and there's not a little bit of irony in there, you're probably not doing it right. You know, um, because, you know, you're rest both, in peace to Norm MacDonald. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Rest in peace to Norm MacDonald. That was a rough one that I heard today. Like, I did not, I was not expecting, you know, obviously you're not going to expect that, but like, I was like, that was like right before this happened. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, dealt with it for nine years <laughs> not privately. Even, not even telling anyone. That's. It's wild. It's wild, especially as a comedian doing that, you know, like you're not, not, he's not going up and talking about like the, maybe something he could think of as funny experience going through that stuff. No, he's just completely keeping it personal. Right. And when a show goes badly or something goes wrong Mm -hmm. on the road, he's not like telling people like, sorry guys, it's because I have (laughs) cancer. No. He's just, he's just letting that be said. And then that's, that's a fucking sad one. That's a really sad one. It's also, I can understand. It's 61. (sighs) Yeah. It's, it's young. It's young. young. Yeah, that's, I mean, because he could have been... I mean, if I get another 30 years, I'll be happy, but yeah. 61 is still young. I don't oh, deserve yeah. I don't deserve any of it, but, you know, like, I'm not saying I deserve X amount. Yeah. 61 is 30 more for me, mm-hmm. and that would be dope. Yeah. But when you look at it, and you look at him, and what he was doing, and what he was capable of, you're Where like, Where he was at, too, yeah. 61 was only a fraction of what, you know, some people get. And yeah, so it's, yeah. It's just an interesting. Well, I mean, think about uh, what was it, Carlin? He died at what? He was in his eighties, wasn't he, or seventies at least? Sounds right. Yeah. So I mean, he and he was doing comedy until he died. Right. He he like had shows pretty much up to the day right. he died. Like he probably had to. There's <laughs> there's probably cancellations when he died, basically. So I don't think they probably did the show. 
No, 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 they totally did. They just, uh, they, t- just they, wheeled him they, out. they wheeled him out, took his corpse. Look, he told you this is going to yeah, happen. He said, yeah, and he, they, they, um, they just play all his jokes play all about his what jokes. people say when yeah. you die. They, they had a marionette. It was a whole thing, you know. That's the way I want to go. You know, if I'm famous, I just want someone to marionette my body around. <laughs> just to milk the I, last, yeah, the last I actually thought of, sales. I thought of this, like, really dumb uh, concept if I die, you know, if I die young. And it's, uh, I know you don't know a lot about TV, but do you know CSI Miami? There's like a meme about David Caruso's character where he like takes the glasses off and says a one liner or whatever. Is that or says Horatio? A, Horatio, yeah. yeah. So Horatio, so I thought it'd be really funny if I died or even like if I die old even of having like either him himself or a guy who looks like him. Like what happens is I have a closed casket in the middle of the funeral. My body falls to the ground and then the guy like either falls him, him out of the casket no falls out of the from the ceiling to okay. the ground okay and then he walks up and then he's like pulls off the glasses and he's like looks like this body was dead before it hit the ground and then he just says wow and just hear the who go off and like <laughs> just completely permanently scarred just a shit ton of family and stuff like that wow i it's, mean unless they listen to this episode then they'll be yeah. watching for it yeah i know <laughs> I just think I just I always thought that would be a really funny way to go. Like just like you're dead and then like they think for a second maybe it's like just for a split second they're thinking it's like a Tom Sawyer situation where like you were just faking your death, but then it's like it's the literally your body is down and falling on the ground, but then it's like no, this this is just a dead body. This is just being him an ass being him him being an asshole one more time in it's our lives. It's actually amazing that, that you don't hear more stories about that. Like yeah. I can't think of any YouTube video I've ever seen of like Dude comes back and freaks out family at his own funeral. Like, did you see the people, one? People, I think, inherently understand how cruel that would be. Yeah, and no one does it. Just like the same way, you never ever actually see somebody speak out at a wedding. Yeah, there's no. rare. There's Fair, more instances yeah. of that than the guy <laughs> shocks family at his own funeral. But there should be. I think because that's like an unforgivable prank. I think, well, the the best part about it, though, is that it doesn't matter. You're gone. <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, oh, yeah. if you did it and you were alive. Oh, no, if you were alive. That's an no, unforgivable prank. That's an unforgivable prank. prank. But if you do it as like. And yet the people love you. So, like, they're still going to be. They're just yeah, gonna be you just so got to deal with that. You. you just got to deal with that. Yeah. But if they cut you out of your life, if, if they cut you out of their life. Yeah. It's like understandable. They, they've killed you anyway. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, the, I'm glad that that then doesn't happen. Then you're often. perfectly free is what but I'm hearing here. You're just perfectly. It would be so fucked up. It would be completely fucked up. Did you hear? There was a guy. there's way more murders than people doing that. Right? There's a, did you hear? There was one guy who was like, he died and he actually had it. So like he was sitting up on a chair, like during his funeral, they had him like, like he was already like preserved and everything like that and he had like sunglasses on it and literally it was just like his dead body just hanging out with everyone that's pretty funny that is pretty funny yeah <laughs> like they knew what was going on right and they knew that that's what he wanted that's yeah. pretty funny yeah i mean it's yeah. weird it's a little weird yeah it's kind of creepy yeah it i don't is. think everybody wanted to touch him or whatever well, but i'm sure some people came up and like fist bumped him or yeah did, like some like looking good champ yeah. Well, like my concept, I would, I wouldn't do this if I was alive. I would just, this is something I would have in like sure. my last rights, like what right. I want have to have happen. Right. 
I'd probably change my mind in the last second because that's just a dick move for a lot of people. But like the concept of it is really funny to me. My buddy's than... dad wanted a Viking funeral. Where oh. They put him on a board and shipped him out in yeah. San Diego Bay and shot flaming arrows at him. <laughs> And then I like I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah, like, I was I gonna say. That I mean, that would be pretty dope. That would be a pretty cool way to go. But like, it would yeah. be cool. But I think his dad's like a like an accountant or something. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> he's in architecture or something. Like that's yeah, not he, how an architect goes out. Turns out he Vikings. was just a really dirty accountant, and so he ruined <laughs> a lot of people's lives. And that's why he's going to Valhalla is because he he died killing people. <laughs> <laughs> He was in the battle of his own kind. This is the visual of like my friend crying and shooting an arrow like, because it's what his dad wanted. It's just funny. It is. It's terrible, but it's great. He's just like missing. He just keeps shooting him. <laughs> I just feel like they like if people are way too sad with that, they might just like kill people on accident. He hit somebody though. on a jet ski on accident. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a there's like a party uh, that just gets lit on fire yeah. basically <laughs> like what the oh no oh that's a dead guy oh who's on that surfboard oh turns out his dad just really liked those uh those prank videos like of like 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 back in the day where he had those uh what was it god damn where they the hidden camera stuff you know mm-hmm. like like punked but like before there was punk there was like something cam candid camera sure like stuff like that that's just really what it really was right you know? I don't know. The Viking funeral thing is a cool concept, but like in modern day society, it just doesn't seem practical. Who would be worthy? The Rock could get a Viking funeral. I could see The Rock, but like, I don't know. I I could see Vin Diesel wanting one because he thinks he deserves it. (laughs) That's stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he. If they put him in like a a speed car and like put a brick on the. Oh my God. They put him in a Tesla and then like drove the Tesla into a wall or something. (laughs) Yeah, that'd yeah. be a good way for him to go, but not not too ceremonial. <laughs> yeah, everybody's there. It's like, this is for family. You know, like. <laughs> they, have they made 10 of those yet? I they think the last one was, was the last. I thought the last one was like Fast 9, but there's going to be a 10th one. That's well, there's like a spinoff. So I guess you could technically say there's been 10. That is insane. Yeah, I I think I watched the first one. That's about it. Like getting, I, I saw the one with Ludacris. That was number two. Was that number two? Okay. Yeah. Too fast. Too fast. Too, too furious. <laughs> Act uh, a fool. <laughs> so stupid. I just, I don't know. Those movies are, those are like the epitome of just like, s- just stupid fun. But like, if you can't get into it, it's just, I just, I can't turn my brain off enough to watch those movies. I think I said Tokyo Drift was probably the next one. Yeah. I think that was. Then you get out of high school and you're just like, I don't know. I guess, I guess it was when seventeen-year-old me started smoking weed. Usually, yeah. people do that and start watching movies. But that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I started reading a bunch of self-help books, and maybe, maybe it's like this idea of like you actually do the like this the the. the I played a lot of video games. That's, you did. Yeah, there you I go. wasn't productive. Okay, well, well, well okay. Games. So you like video? Do you still play video games at all? Or um, I'll get on. Uh, maybe as a fellow bald man, you can hit, appreciate this. I'll play mm-hmm. Hitman every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. I used to, for like two years, uh, I used to like speed run that game. Like, just <laughs> Have you played it in the newer ones or, or just the Those were ones? the ones I was playing. So like there's a okay. trilogy 
and I didn't play the third one because that one just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. It's a lot of time. It's it a lot of time. A ton of time. Yeah. It's a fun puzzle game, but I played that and I played PUBG a lot. Okay, um, yeah. When I first moved to Portland. I never really got into PUBG. The popcorn I, days. I play a lot of single player I mean, I got a PS5, which is cool. I spent, that is cool. I spent too much money on it because I couldn't find it. But I spent I spent less money than people are trying to charge now. Damn, but still, still more than it's more still than, yeah. like hard to find. Still hard to find. Well, Jeez. it's because there's a ch- um, the I think it's the graphics card, or it's either it's one of the chipsets in the in it is still like has a low um, production right now because of everything that's been going on. So normally by this time. A console, it might still be a little hard to find, but not nearly as hard. You right. Know? What are they using the chip stuff for vaccines or something? I have no. I think it's just the production hasn't been able. They're like, hey, yeah. are we putting a lot of these microchips <laughs> in these vaccines, so we can't put out the PS Five right now. Right. That's what. That's the other thing. My my sister, that sister I was talking about, she's she's super anti-vax, and like I went to her house one time not that long ago and her my nephew walked up with a magnet and was like trying to put it on my arm like oh it was gonna God. do the thing i was like and then they're like oh, oh, oh how long ago did you get it i was like i don't know it was like a month ago i had like, the jerk time. off in this cup we want to see yeah. if you're sterile <laughs> and i was like well no but also i mean maybe i don't I mean i don't want to have kids so maybe this is a good time to know that i'm done but not I think it's the lazy man's vasectomy. I don't care if this yeah. if it makes me sterile. Yeah, honestly, that just 5G, sounds great. I get bad coverage in certain places. <laughs> if anything, I feel like since I got my my vaccination, I've gotten worse cell phone reception. I could use some bicep bars. Some bicep bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the male version of the IUD, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for it's permanent. Bring know? it on. We're already victims of our. Everything doesn't everything make you sterile now though? I mean you drink Mountain Dew, you And it gives you cancer. Gives you cancer. We're all going to the same place. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's got everybody's getting cancer. Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. We're gonna all get Viking funerals. That's uh I mean, you know, technically, um, if they, if they, if a, like a meteor, right, ever destroys or like a, you know, a large chunk of society or something like that, like, you know, or, or something or a natural disaster involving fire and there are people on boats, they will get the natural Viking funeral. From God. From God. <laughs> the irony. The, exactly. The absolute, yeah. And uh, it could be a lot of accountants for all we know. So you know, it could be just. Just bringing it back there, you know? Just a cruise full of them. A cruise <laughs> ship full of them. So I'm going to ask some questions. Um, it's going to be interesting because you don't know a lot about comic books. So I normally ask like stuff that like about like introductions to – do you have any like previous introduction to comic book um, I read, like, pop culture? I read or? like Archie, the comic strip. Yeah, yeah. And then – I would get Mad Magazine, which had okay. comics in it, you know? Yeah, they had, the, like, a lot of satirical comics and stuff like that. Right. But that, those were pretty much my exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you remember the when they did, when Peanuts was ending, the, the, the satirical Peanut comics, where, like, there was, like, one where um, Lucy, like, pulls the ball and he just kicks her in the face. And then, like, he also euthanizes uh, Snoopy at one point. <laughs> <laughs> They did that in Mad? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't see Yeah, that. and they were done, like, very well. They look like I Charles bet. Schultz. I like, bet. they were really well done. Um, that's funny, though. Yeah. Um, so, primarily, yeah, some of the questions I usually also probably just get past. Um, well, that was a fun, like, burp that just, like, 
came from the depths of Valhalla. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, so, what was it that like inspired you as far as doing comedy? Like, what was the the thing that just really kind of pushed you in that direction? Do you think it's funny? Um, well, I was always, I was like. It was school. So mm-hmm. I was the class clown. Getting a big laugh was better than anything in class. And mm-hmm. it was usually like, yeah. Um, but when I graduated from college in 2012, I moved to Denver. And then I started going to New Talent Night every Tuesday at Comedy Works and watching uh, people. But specifically, I mean, now there was a lot of people at the time that got me to think like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah. But this guy, Sam Talent, that I'm sure you've heard of, he wrote a book called Running the Light that came out last year that got <laughs> okay. big. But he's just put out a special last week on Amazon. Oh, let's check it out. It's called, I think it's called Waiting for Death, but something, it's, it's got a better title than that. It's along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like this improv specialist. He's so quick and he's just kind of like a beast like wolverine like <laughs> character okay so i watched guys do it on a really big level every tuesday for crowds of like 200 people and i was like missing that classroom laugh and i was like oh this is what mm-hmm. i have to do now because this is like the new adult classroom if i can make yeah. rooms people laugh that's the same fulfillment for me and so stand-up wasn't like a lifelong goal but it became the goal and then it's just been slowly navigating the other parts of it, like how to get better at it and how to navigate the other side off stage and what you can do to get, you know, uh, better off stage and on stage. That yeah. that process has been the last like eight years. But the inspiration was just watching people just kill in a, a really cool setting. People have called that one of the best clubs in the nation and it's real basement vibes in Denver. So nice. Yeah, that was it. When, when did you start? I started in 2014. Okay. And then I went until 2017, moved to Portland, spent two years here, and then got back into it four months before the pandemic, which was cool. Yeah. Because I think it would have been really hard to get into it after the pandemic hit and try to pretend like that was going to work somehow through Zoom. Like, I had a lot oh, of... Oh, yeah. I had enough relationships in Portland built up from those four months that, like, when things slowly came back with Dirty Angel and... Mm-hmm. Bram and Amber and that type of stuff just it wasn't like I was a complete stranger so it was fun helping yeah to keep comedy going throughout that year which is cool I I took off last year for the most part but you were definitely one of those people that one of those uh, faces that popped up that I was like a lot of people knew that I was like oh okay I start, I'm starting to see this guy I don't know who he is but because I was doing comedy in Portland from like I started with that helium class is what I started with. It was, uh, it was, um, with, uh, uh, Alex Falcone okay. and I'm just going to say Arlo Warehouser cause that's what their name is yeah. now. And so I did that and I just did it. I, I don't know. I, I did it for about three years, but it was very much like I would go spurts of like high, low, high. Like I would go to a lot of mics, go a lot, little bit of mics. I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues during that time. I lived in my car. I did all these other things. I made a lot of stupid mistakes. <laughs> um, and so this year has been, I honestly, I appreciate the pandemic, I think. Me too. Because as much as it sucked, as much as there was a lot of things, I think that I needed the that clear headspace, I think, that 
me not knowing as much about all those other things that was going on and trying to just focus on other things at the time really helped it. So when I got back after the and when things started to open up a little bit more, so you had your priorities in I order. I had my priorities in order a little bit better. My headspace was in a better place. Yeah, that's yeah. what the pandemic did. It so I think it showed everybody like everybody had to figure out what was important to them. Yeah, what got them through. And so I got lucky enough that that thing was comedy. Mm-hmm. And I still say it. I guess it's like if I got to the end of the pandemic or at the end of whatever this is, which maybe never ends. Maybe we'll always look at this as like yeah. the thing that sent it off into a new direction. Mm-hmm. But if things wavered off. I would still appreciate the hell out of what comedy did to get me through those really crazy, scary times when yeah. we couldn't go outside and we couldn't do that. So um, that has just become priority one, maybe one and a half, because I recognize like if, if priority one isn't your health, then yeah. then whatever priority one is will fall off eventually. Yeah. So priority one kind of has to be health. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm done going on trips out of town for a while because it was super fun, but it's like easy to go on the road and be like, well, I'll skip a meal. I'll do mm-hmm. get drunk. I don't see these people often. I'll, you know, but then th- 10 straight weeks of skipping meals and sleep and shit. Like it just catches up with you. You kind of lose yeah. your bearings. And so if I next season or whenever I go back out and do trips again. I'm grateful for the opportunities if they come, but I will be more prepared to be like, all right, I'm going to pack sandwiches. I'm going to do mm-hmm. these things that I know I have to do or I'll burn out because it's, it's a long road. So sustainability yeah. is kind of the key. Um, do you have like a gym membership or something like that? So that no. when you're on, cause like I've heard that's a really good hack is like, if you are on the road and you oh. want to save money, you can like set up like a gym membership. Something it's like twenty four hour fitness. Yeah, because they're all over the country. And they got like showers and stuff. They got showers. Exactly. You can you can work out if you want to too. You can you can get showers and then like there's things like there's there's all these different little things you can do. And of course, meal prep is very is really important because otherwise you can spend all your money on food. Yeah, there is a yeah. It, it is. It's a lot to juggle, or it's a lot to like pay attention to while you're also experiencing brand new things and trying to be, mm-hmm. be present for all of those. Um, so right now I'm just in that debriefing period. Like I just took a, we went to Astoria Saturday and then I went down to Eugene Sunday and some of these were for like 10 minute spots and yeah. gas money and drink tickets and it's fine. I st- yeah. still like all the people that I met and I'm glad I did it. But now I'm like, okay, next time I think it's about, Maybe like getting multiple dates together and like yeah. taking things, being able to recognize, okay, that one maybe would be fun, but I'm going to say no to it because mm-hmm. it's too close to this other one or this, it's not enough money and mm-hmm. I'm worth more at this point. Not in like an arrogant way, but in a way like I have to at least cover my bases. And make yeah. Money. Um, I can get that. And you want to have the knowledge that you're not just going out there for this one thing. And I also need more new jokes. And the best yeah. way to do that is at the open mics. So Absolutely. to spend the next like couple months just doing open mics, and I don't really care about getting... Yeah, it's not like a bad the, idea. The bookings will come from the open mics, I think. I think if you chase the bookings, sometimes yeah. you get super upset and distracted. So I'm just chasing the new jokes at the open mics. And then next time I go out... It'll look way different because I'll know what to expect, I think. Yeah. That's the plan. But, yeah. It's good. For me. It's a good plan. Uh, yeah. Um, 
It's also about to get, the weather's about to change. Oh, yeah. I'm a little bit concerned with that, actually. Get, um, get your, uh, you got a happy light, one of those things? The... <sighs> I don't. I'm going to get one of those. You should. They're only like 20 bucks, too. They're pretty cheap. Yeah. And then if you close your eyes and like you're a meditating guy, mm-hmm. th- that it does sort of feel like the sun. Not. I do have, um, I don't know eyes. if these are the same things. So my room because I, I'm not obviously the first person living here, but the guy who was in here before installed these little like LED lights that you can turn on. So when the curtains are shut, it actually looks like sunlight's protruding. There you go. Which is actually really cool. Yeah. Um, so every little thing. Cause like you, I noticed during the little bit of time that I lived here where it was a little bit colder and darker. Um, cause I moved in like March. So it was like early spring, but before spring, this year was a little longer winter, it seemed like. So, like, during that time, that having that, especially at nighttime, because I am kind of a night owl, making it look like there's sunlight coming in really helped a lot. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you've lived in Oregon your whole life? Primarily. I mean, I, I've been other places, but not for very long. I lived in Seattle for, like, four months a few years back, but that was... That was me trying something out, something new out, and honestly not having enough to really stay there at the time. So, but that whole every every fall, it's like here we go again. Yeah, it's, it's not a new thing. I think last summer was the or last winter was the first one where I knew it was coming, and I tried to brace for it. And I yeah. think I stayed active, and we did. I was more active in the winter than the spring, just as a result of like kind of prevention getting into yeah. that thing this will be my fourth winter i hope i can figure out a way to do the same but it's real man it when you go long stretches without seeing the sun and you were just oh, used yeah. to like a whole summer where you were seeing it and all that it's uh it's, it's an lot. adjustment and you have to kind of know it's coming that helps um i'm going i think i said it maybe when we were first starting but maybe before i'm going to san diego for like a month yeah in december and i feel like that'll be a great reset to just <laughs> Yeah, does it stay pretty warm throughout the year? Oh, there? it'll be seventy and sunny in San Diego in December. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll be nice. It's like uh, you're gonna kind of like be like a bird, you know? You're gonna yeah, <laughs> go, I think go south for the winter. Yeah, for at least for a month or so. Uh, my mom moved to North Carolina a few years back, and so she's spending the month there. So it'll be I'll see all my family. Oh, that's good. I'll yeah. get some sun, and then they have five comedy clubs down there. That's true. Plus one on the weekend, so there's it's really a, like close to six. Uh, there's a San Diego uh, comedy store, isn't there? There's a La Jolla comedy store, in, and that's in San Diego. There's, yeah. um And then there's three clubs in probably a five-block radius downtown, which yeah. is Madhouse, ACC, American Comedy Co. And then the third one that they just opened right before the pandemic was the Laugh Factory. Okay, so nice. They're, they got uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's... They got a lot. Yeah. Fru- ever, fruitful. I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, I don't know how long they've been here, though. Did you ever run into Gene DeBruyler when he was out there? No, but I'm sure you guys share a special bond. Because of our similar names? Yeah. yeah I mean, and <laughs> two guys in the scene named Gene De something is- Yeah, like, it's it's weird. So, I've met, I've, I've met him up here, and I know yeah. his connection back there. Mm-hmm. It like goes back like 10 something years. He's Yeah. He, he was- I think he grew up there, and he was doing that- quite a while beforehand yeah. it's interesting i think he he's a he's an interesting case of sort of like he he still wants to do comedy but he's sort of be, created a regular life for himself and i think it's hard once you have that stability to 
to get back into it, you know? Straight up. Yeah, you kind of have to, yeah. That's why I don't want to. Like, I I did this, uh, I went to, this was a couple years ago, back at Harvey's. There was a couple road comics that came, and I didn't realize, they did a little seminar, and I didn't realize that they were actually trying to do a seminar for people who, like, were already, like, being booked by clubs and, like, stuff like this and stuff that you need to know. So, I was still a very pretty early open micer, just checking this out. And they were talking about, one of the guys was like, yeah, if I get a job, I will purposely not put a 401k in. I'll purposely, like, quit the job. If I start liking the job too much, I'll quit it. Like, because those normal life things can so easily get in the way of comedy. And if you really want to do comedy, you can't have too much of a side hustle. Unless it's, like, something that sort of goes together with the comedy. Yeah. Like producing so, comedy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which also sucks. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I've thought about doing a couple, I've thought about doing a micro show and I'm just like, everything about that is to doing this, doing this, the, the podcast, the fact that I had to, I have to con, I have to reach out to people. I got to, you know, record it. I got to edit it. I got to do all these other things. I got to figure out the, the books I'm going to do. Like all these, th- there's, it, it's nothing comparatively I can imagine to like, cause on top of that, you got to think about, you got to find venues, you got to find all these other stuff. So like, this is just a small version of producing that I, I just get a little bit of a taste. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't even imagine doing all the extra stuff that. Right. Cause everybody's got to sync up. You got to, you got to have one other person sync up with you versus a show where you exactly. sync up with the venue, the comedians, and then pray to God that audience comes too. So like, yeah. You got to sync all that. And then when it's done, you got to be ready for your next one a week yeah. or a month or two weeks later. It's its own headache. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate what we were able to do with it and the experience yeah. that we did because we found a ton of venues in a time where we couldn't really do it. So, yeah. But all that shit, it, it's hard to be good at and it's hard enough to be getting good at comedy. So, yeah. like, I can't put my eggs in both baskets. I got to no. just work on getting funnier. And that's harder that's hard already it's it's tough because you you really there's a there's sort of this common thing that a lot of hosts in comedy stay as hosts you know like if you really want to like it's not a bad thing to do for a little while because it does help with a lot of i've noticed that most people i know who have done hosting in comedy at one time or another have gotten better from that but it's not something you always want to do so much all the time because then you get stuck in that. It's like a, it's its own little like hole within comedy. I would take every single hosting gig that was yeah. given because at the level we're at, that's the only oh, way absolutely. that, that's the only way that you're going to make yourself valuable to a club like Helium. They're not mm-hmm. going to find. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And even on a, any real club, like you first show you can feature by being a good host. And yes. Amanda Arnold has told me multiple times in the last couple of months, like great hosts make Great headliners. Okay. I could see that because the confidence that a headliner has, no matter the setting, that he can walk into a room of old, young, left, right people and make them love him by the end of his time Mm -hmm. is sort of the same confidence that somebody needs to walk into that same setting with a completely cold room. Yeah. And know that at the end of 10 minutes, this crowd of old, young, left, right, outside, Mm -hmm. inside, paying attention, not paying attention, people will be maybe not in love with the host, but ready for a comedy show. Yeah, maybe that makes be sense. that same level of like, oh, we fucking, who's this guy? But <laughs> but if the host has got the people from cold to warm in yeah. 10, 10 to 15 minutes, he's done his job. And that same confidence is what you're probably trying to build for. Yes, that, so, that makes a lot of sense. So I like, 
I like it. Um, Wasn't it sort of like the way it goes is like you start as a host, then you go to feature, and then you get the highlighter, mm-hmm. basically. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely want to to do some hosting stuff. It's just, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's It's that weird thing of just like, it's a combination of fear and like not feeling like I have enough uh, material to just constantly do that or something like that. But Oh, to host a show yeah. regularly. Yeah. Well, at the same time, though, that's got to be nice because then it forces you to come up with that material. It forces you. Because, I mean, it's weird how I can do a 15-minute set, but at the same time, I'm, I would be like, I don't know if I could be the 15 minutes that, like, gets the audience going at that same time. I don't know. It's weird. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I have, I, I've been put up as like the first comic on something. So people obviously have had, uh, there's a combination of like, I'm new enough where they say, okay, they're like, it's okay for them to be here. But at the same time, sometimes being the bullet does mean they have at least a little bit of confidence in you. Because yeah. if you're doing bullet at a comedy show, that means they think, okay, this guy's going to be able to bring enough energy that it's going to get the you know same thing that you were sitting next to jamie yesterday right yeah yeah same thing where we don't want to even though mark Sachs ended up being good i hadn't seen him before and yeah. i didn't know that so if i went up and then brought somebody up who was just racist yeah then the whole crowd that just showed up is immediately like wait where are we what <laughs> yeah at least if they slowly realize that the caliber goes from high to low and around and about. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I want that to be something that they slowly realize, not immediately. And yeah, so that's exactly. why that bullet spot is, yeah. It's super important. you trust. But all of that is, uh, it's It's weird because it's, it's like it's easy to, to overthink it as someone who's not the one who's booking it and just the one who's just there, you know, and you're like you're trying to do the best you can and you're trying to think of like – because you're definitely you've been doing this longer than I have. You definitely have a little bit more idea of how things work, whereas I'm still kind of figuring out where my place is in this. I guess. Well, I think that's constant. We're all yeah, and because it's always changing. Somebody likes you this week, who yeah. Didn't, who didn't like you a month ago, and it could also uh, turn around too. The yeah, other way. vice versa. Your place is constantly changing, and ideally, your place in the scene isn't how you identify you know, as a person, you know, yeah. hopefully yeah. you have your own identity outside oh, absolutely. of that and absolutely. you're pushing for something beyond what we do locally mm-hmm. because the idea is we're all like sharpening our swords to go to battle in a bigger Makes sense. Yeah. market, I think. Um, and, and people want different things out of well, hopefully, So maybe I mean, I'm projecting my own idea onto that. But um, as much as I appreciate what you said and, and knowing where I am currently in this moment in Portland comedy, mm-hmm. I'm not satisfied, I guess, with like what that looks like. That's fine. Um, and I think that you'll, the, the key to anything like that is just repetition. Like you consistently yeah. go to those places. You'll figure out where you stack, where you, which things you enjoy, which are more productive for you and mm-hmm. what you get more out of writing, all that stuff. So yeah. I'm just happy every day I wake up and I still want to do this because I've been exactly. in places where I was like, what's the point? And now I just go. Yeah. I just, well, yeah. that was one of the things uh, we were talking about. I'm so going to wrap up in a second here. But cool. like um, one of the things uh, we were talking about the pandemic is me in some way almost being forced to quit comedy for a little while showed me and being in a place where I was like pretty heavily I was I went from a point from starting to get some good some bookings here and there and starting to kind of go up to like literally bombing every night for a little bit um 
right before this whole the whole pandemic happened. So like me taking that break really showed me, oh, no, I don't want to quit comedy. I just needed a moment to like re-sync myself as a person really just like rebalance out because and here you are and here i am I'm, i've got a podcast this is like 16th or 17th you should episode. have me on sometime yeah i should have you on sometime we'll figure it out you know we'll, we'll set something up you know <laughs> chrononauts <laughs> chrononauts um that would have been a great way to end but i do want to ask you anything you want to plug ha 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 brent on instagram b-r-e-n-t one day I'll get the balls to go by Brantley. Just Brantley. That's Brantley. That's a good one. I like that. It's like what I call myself. But <laughs> it's kind of like, it seems like hacky. Yeah. Is it like that that nickname you're always trying to get people to t- give, call you, but you can't? I don't really. Yeah, I guess so. I, yeah. Recently, I've had the confidence to tell people that I call myself that, but it's been yeah. a decade at least where I'm like, when I'm mad or when I'm pumped, I'm like, mm-hmm. there you go, Brantley. Good job. Like, <laughs> or like, come on, Brantley. You're better than this. You know, like it's. Not my name at all. It's yeah. just Brent, but uh, I don't know. That yeah. would be. I think that'd be a fun stage name. <laughs> that is a, that is fun. I, I feel like that's a, that is like you got to be careful with though with your like sure. just like you're telling yourself something too much because that's like um, I've I can think about every time I've seen someone at a uh, <laughs> one like helium with one name. It's, it's just like yeah. yeah, it's not great. Sure, there's a few people, but it's, it's more just the more, star power on that versus Brent Lowry. It's yeah. just okay, fine. Uh, Brent Lowry is it's a good name thank you yeah and ha 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 Brent that was uh-huh, the main Brent. point and then you do uh, Laughs PDX as well Laughs PDX has uh, all the info for the show's mics and I think I'm gonna add a tab for podcasts because I know everybody's yeah. got them and I got some friends with them and I know the last page had them so it wouldn't hurt to just throw one more link up for sure um, but that's laughspdx.com or at LaughsPDX on Instagram, and you can figure out really a place to watch comedy, whether or really a place to perform comedy every yeah. night uh, in Portland. So that's exciting because there was a long time that that yeah. wasn't an option. It was there was and, like a little uh, while where it was like three a week, wasn't there, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it, we were just like uh, trying to fill every <laughs> single day, and now we have it. It's yeah. it's beautiful. You can't take that shit for granted. It's super nice. Um, and we didn't really set out to be the page for that, but I fucking and it still goes in different directions i used to post to the laughs instagram every day mm-hmm. but i kind of started to resent waking up at noon and doing it every day because it also started to look the same every week so we're making adjustments but it's fun and those are the two things to yeah okay and then come to the garages on mondays yes it was yes. a hot crowd yesterday it was a yeah and be that hot crowd that's that's what we're, what we're yeah. saying yeah be that hot crowds it's like good good chunk of just like everything from you know new comedians to people who've been doing this for a long time kyle canane rode his bike there two weeks ago that's really cool i i i'm kind of he's like wishing i would have gone there that week but yeah he's not too far away so yeah uh, yeah cool Thanks uh, for having me, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to do a couple plugs real quick. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Nearly Functional Comedy, Nearly Functional Comics, and then this Obsessive Comic Disorder. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Brent. Uh, my guest once again was Brent Lowry. I'm Gene DeWeber. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a fantastic day. Hey. Obsessive com-